Hello everyone and welcome to God in All Things. I'm Tori. And I'm Kariana. And today we're going to be discussing some principles of Christ that we can find in the Polar Express. Of course, it is December, it is Christmas time, and we have some plans for Christmas. <laughs> this is actually going to be a very special episode because we're going to be discussing the Polar Express, which honestly shouldn't take too long. There's not a lot that we want to dissect outside of the gospel principle, so it will narrow down a lot what we have to talk about, which is good because we are doing a little gift exchange, which we will discuss more once we get there. But but hang on to the end, that will be coming. So let's get into Polar Express so we can get into that fun stuff as well. So first of all, of course, we'll start with a summary. So a young boy begins to have doubts about the reality of Santa and the spirit of Christmas. As he lays in bed reflecting, a train appears from nowhere, coming to a stop right in front of his house. The conductor invites him on, claiming that the train, called the Polar Express, is going to the North Pole. Is it real? Is it a dream? He must experience the adventure to find out. And that is what we were going to be exploring today. So personal experiences, I honestly don't have a lot to say on this one. I'm sure you don't really either. <laughs> but I I remember seeing it in theaters, but I don't remember specifically my feelings on it. I know I enjoyed it. My family and I enjoyed it. And it's actually one of my brother's favorite Christmas movies. So... We do watch it pretty regularly. I think I'm more, like, for a span of time, I didn't watch very much, but I've always had, like, the songs come up on my Christmas playlist my whole life. So, like, the songs are very familiar to me, and then the film itself I watch relatively regularly. And I think it's cute. It's sweet. Um, I guess one background story I have with it connected to the book a little bit more is I served my mission in Michigan, in the Lansing, Michigan mission. And one of my areas was specifically Grand Rapids, which is actually where the author's from, which I didn't know at the time. And we went to this restaurant where they just had like local art and like pictures and stuff from like local famous people. And one picture on the wall was actually just the cover of the Polar Express book. And I was like, why is this here? And we found out that the author was from there. And actually in the film, they mention Grand Rapids, Michigan. And he's like, that's my town. So you find out that's where he lives too, which was kind of fun. So I had a personal connection to that part of it, which so it has a tender place in my heart because of that. But other than that, it's not necessarily a favorite Christmas movie of mine, but I do enjoy it. So yeah, yeah, you would um, be right because I have even less to say about it than that. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know when it came out. I didn't know that I was old enough to remember seeing it in theaters. <laughs> I think it was like 2004, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right, actually, now that I think about like looking it up. Yeah, so um, it was, it's a, you know, it's a Christmas movie. So I like, I watched it. Yeah. As a kid, occasionally. I don't know. <laughs> we didn't yeah. watch a lot of Christmas movies in my house. So Fair. I know I had seen it. I I vaguely remembered the plot. Mm -hmm. A couple of the songs were kind of familiar. <laughs> okay. So this um, was a nice reintroduction. Yes, it was definitely yeah. a reintroduction. Um, yeah, I just very neutral feelings towards it. I, I enjoyed it. It's it's cute for sure. Yeah. Like I'd I'd watch it again next year. Yeah. <laughs> I for guess. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I got. 
I like Tom Hanks. Yes. I like him a lot. He does a great job, <laughs> of course, as always. So yep. we do love that. So really yep. good. The animation is a little bit creepy. Yeah. It's I, a little weird. I always remember people talking about that. And it like I, looking back, I was always like, okay. Like, I don't, I never, yeah. it never bothered me as a kid. I never mm-hmm. remember caring about it. But then watching it, I was like, okay, no, this is it's a little weird. This is a yeah. little off putting for sure. With some of the characters, it doesn't bother me so much. But then certain characters, I'm like, yeah. And then sometimes the way they move, they look like they belong in a horror video game. <laughs> I'm yes. like, why are you moving like that? Yes. Why are you sneaking up on me right now? <laughs> it's true. It's true. Like, it's so. this weird computer-generated feel very much in, like, an unsettling way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as far as our principle of Christ, we're going to be talking about faith. We went with the... Uh, with the easy one this yes. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, which is great, which is great. Faith is a great topic. And, you know, if we explore that through Santa, like, that's that's fine. Joy. <laughs> um, okay, so faith in Jesus Christ is the first principle of the gospel, making it vital to understand and increase so uh, in ourselves so we can grow in other areas as well. My favorite definition of faith comes from Joseph Smith and his lectures on faith, in which he teaches that faith is a principle of action. It's not just a noun, something we have, but a verb, something we do. The simplest way I interpret this is that faith will naturally drive us to act. So by having and increasing our faith in Jesus Christ, we will naturally strive to do the things he wants us to do and become more like him. Great. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Like I said, I don't have a ton, but I also had a few things stand out to me on this watch through with this on my mind that like were really interesting. So I'm excited to talk about this. So we start off with our main character who is not named. So I'm going to just call him Boy. (laughs) We'll call him Boy. boy. Our Boy. Yes, he's Boy. And he is very much doubting Santa. So he, it's Christmas Eve. And the first things we kind of hear were, well, the narrator kind of introduces the setting a little bit, which the narrator is Tom Hanks, like almost everybody else in this movie. And it's great. (laughs) We love him. Love Tom Hanks. Um, And we overhear this boy's parents talking to his sister, Sarah. We do get her name. And she is talking about how he had told her that Santa's not real or like that there were some questionable things about Santa, basically. Like, he couldn't possibly do what he's going to do in one night. Like, it's impossible because of this and this and things like that. And the parents are like, no, it's fine. Santa's real, you know, as parents will do. And trying to save their younger child's innocence and childhood imagination from the older sibling who's starting to have doubts. Us older siblings were the worst. Always getting in the way of those (laughs) dreamland times. And after this, I think it's really interesting because we see him actually, like, seek out, like, some research. Like, he goes Mm -hmm. to the encyclopedia and stuff. And I think, I mean, this is a moment where maybe he's not turning to the best sources for it. Like, if we're looking at it as a symbol of faith in Christ, which I really think the author probably meant it to be. I have no doubt. (laughs) Yes, I have no doubt. Not just because of, like, a lot of the symbolism that's in there that's very kind of religious-centered, but also because they're from Grand Rapids and Michigan's a pretty religious and Grand Rapids is a pretty religious area so and it most would people be don't write a shocking whole book to me yeah just talking about having faith in Santa right yeah no <laughs> especially not one that's so like a little more emotionally yeah. driven yeah. than I think you would want it to be if it was just about Santa anyway yeah. so if we're looking at it from that perspective one thing that stood out to me was that even though he's looking not 
not necessarily in the right places, it shows that he's wanting to seek something else. We see immediately that it's something he's wanting to understand. He's just kind of letting his doubts cloud out the faith, which we all do regularly. And often it does cause us to turn to sources that maybe aren't going to give us the best answers. Yeah, that was the exact same thing that stood out mm-hmm. to me at the beginning. Yeah, he's really struggling and it almost feels like he's looking for, well, no, I don't want to say that actually. I, I agree with you that he's going to the wrong sources. I think he, he re- I believe him that he wants to believe, mm-hmm. you know, um, and uh, but he but he's not finding the right sources. He's struggling with figuring this out. And so I connected that to Alma 32, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I really love, you know, the scripture. Even if he can no more than uh, have a desire to believe, right? And he has that desire to believe. And then I love that he also chooses to act in faith by getting on the train and literally go to the right yes. source, you know? <laughs> the, the conductor says, we're going to the North Pole. And he's like, uh-uh, no way. And kind of like you just said, lets those doubts cloud his, cloud him a little bit. And then finally says, no, I, you know, he chooses to act in faith. He chooses to go to the right source and he jumps on the train so that he can really figure out what is true and what is right for himself. And that's that in that same verse in Alma 32, you know, um, but behold, if you will awake and arouse your faculties, even to an experiment upon my words and exercise a particle of faith. And that just like, I feel like that moment when he's like staring at the train, he like, he awakes and arouses his faculties. You know, I feel like that verse applies so well to what he's doing right there. And it's awesome. Yeah, that's so good. I'd actually, I have this great book that I thought of like right before we started filming. I was like, wait a second, I should grab this and see if I can find some things. But um, it's called Faith is Not Blind by Brucey Hafen and Marie K. Hafen, so his wife. And it's really, it's exactly what it sounds like, but it's a little bit more academic. So if you're not into big words and stuff, it may not be for everybody. (laughs) It's not like super academic as far as like, it's not going to go deep studious, but it's using language that's a little more scholarly and maybe approaching the topic in a more analytical way. But one of the quotes that really stood out to me is that belief and doubt are not the only alternatives. And I think he's in this place where he thinks they are. Like he thinks he either has to be a doubter. And you see this throughout the movie where he thinks he either needs to doubt it completely and be a skeptic or he needs to fully believe it and doesn't understand that it's okay that he's in the middle right now, Mm. which is where he's at. It's interesting because he's in the middle, but he just doesn't feel like he can be right and so he's fighting these two sides of himself not understanding that it's okay that he's fighting those two sides of himself right which i think we all can get caught up with especially as we get older and like you kind of feel like i either need to be all in or i need to be all out and you do want to work towards being all in that's what we're wanting to be but it's okay to be kind of just trying to figure things out and navigate a new pathway and a new journey because that's what life's all about anyway right i mean really the fact is in this life we're never actually going to be all in right (laughs) none of us are ever going to have a hundred percent in the gospel so our life is being in the middle just as close to all in as possible by the end Uh and having as many all in moments as you can because you can have all in moments yeah i believe that fully that you can have moments where you 
you really are all in. For sure. It just doesn't tend to last, unfortunately. <laughs> but, but that's okay. Yeah. That's the point. Making those moments happen is what's important. Yeah. So And he does it. Jumping on the train. Mm-hmm. That's all. He jumps on the train. Like, yes. That's all. He in. literally <laughs> grabs on and says, okay. I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, and when Billy falls over in the snow, I almost cried, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> when he was like, he runs towards the train. I thought yeah. I loved the like repeat of the conversation. But like from afar, mm-hmm. all, that also a lot of this movie felt like a video game to me. It was a weird experience. but <laughs> <laughs> It does kind of feel like a video game. I it just has those yeah. vibes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the repeated conversation and then seeing him like, not able to catch it and fall in the snow. I was like, oh, oh no, stop the train for Let him get on. And I think it just shows, too, that our main character, the boy, has a good heart. Like, yes. he, we see that as well, that he over comes from over. a place of wanting to help people. And so with Billy, like, he's like, oh, he's on the same journey as me. Mm-hmm. And that makes him want to do something to help him reach that same point in the journey that he's on, which I think is amazing. Okay, I hadn't thought about this before until I was saying this out loud. I love this podcast. Anyway, it just makes me think about all these things. But it's amazing thinking about, like, it's not like he was that far on his faith journey. He had just gotten on the train, but he was still able to help someone else get where he was. Who yeah. was a little bit behind. Oh, that's so I know. True. <laughs> I was like, you can be anywhere on the faith journey and still have people you can help a little yeah. bit, get a little further on that journey with you. And, and he only does a little so bit. Good. He yeah. only does a little bit. And then the girl kind of takes over for a while because yes. she's further along and can handle it. Mm-hmm. But he does what he can yes. where he's at. Uh-huh. He stops the train yeah. so that you we can We gotta help that, that kid. <laughs> I love it. Yep. I love it. So good. Okay. Awesome. Um, and then we see him further show his good heart with the girl with her ticket. Yes. Where he's like, he really, which every time I watch it, I'm like, why can't you wait till she gets back? She's literally just I bringing thought, some hot yeah. chocolate. I was like, they're bringing hot chocolate. <laughs> why are they're you not like, going to disappear, you go weirdo. i after her. I know. Maybe on her dramatic. seat. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also a kid. I didn't love that. You know? I didn't love that. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. It's yes. a kid. It's whatever. It's, it's a kid. Fun. He he gets a little panicky in the moment about things. It's understandable. <laughs> and I can it's coming see a from a good place. That. Yes, it's coming <laughs> from a place of genuinely wanting to help and make sure she also gets her opportunity to yes. have that faith journey. And it's really great, especially because she's not as confident. Like her faith struggle is lacking confidence in right. her own faith. Like she has this great faith, but she just lacks confident confidence in it. And I think even though he kind of is a little bit rude sometimes about it and not very helpful, he still has moments where he is like very respectful of that and wanting to encourage her to stand up and be confident in the journey they're on just like he is. So, Okay, so speaking of this ticket drama, (laughs) um, (laughs) so he loses the ticket, she gets in trouble for it. And so the boy is feeling super guilty because the conductor is taking the girl away um, very menacingly. Yes, very dramatically. <laughs> um, and so, and then the boy finds the ticket. And so he's like, I gotta get it to her. And so he follows them and he follows them to the top of the train. Yes. <laughs> Um, there are lots of unrealistic things in this movie. It was yes. really funny. I did not remember it being so unrealistic. You're like, what the heck is, <laughs> what happening? is happening here? Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, the whole thing is about like believing that 
things are, you know, impossible things are happening, um, which is kind of what I'm getting to. So on the top of this train, he meets this man, like a homeless looking person, just with a fire making coffee on the top of this train. Um, and you're like, what the heck? What is this guy doing here? Where did he come from? But he invites the boy to sit down and talk with him. And they talk for a second and then have this kind of adventure together um, where like they're going under this tunnel and this man is like, when I say jump, you got to jump, you know, and it's like this whole crazy thing. But at one point, I'm not going to be able to remember the chronology perfectly, but the man turns around and says to him, do you believe in ghosts? Yeah. And uh, the boy just kind of shakes his head, if I remember Mm -hmm. right. And the man goes interesting and like walks away and tori knows this is my favorite word (laughs) this man actually gets me because i use the word interesting anytime i disagree with someone (laughs) but just want to encourage them to share their opinions (laughs) so like it's my non-agreement word to like still be respectful and encouraging and I was like bro that's literally what you just did (laughs) he's like well you're wrong but okay like that's where you're at (laughs) and um (laughs) so I thought it was so funny but anyway so I think I just very much see this man as a really cool symbol of like God's hand, whether we choose to acknowledge it or not. Mm. Um, that's one way I just, I come, I came up with a couple descriptions in my head, but basically, I mean, it, it becomes obvious that he's a ghost, right? Yes. <laughs> um, mm. And like he disappears. He like, he, he's obviously not just a normal human being, but he's still like, regardless of these experiences that Billy has, like seeing him kind of disappear and fade off and like be just kind of weird in general it doesn't solidify his faith. Like he doesn't believe He doesn't believe even though he's witnessing these impossible things and these miracles, he still has to go on a journey for the rest of the movie to believe in Santa. And so I just think it's really interesting to think about how all of us see God's hand in our life daily. And all of us see miracles all the time. And all of us have witnessed things that probably that that don't completely add up. And we just kind of have to, we, we choose whether or not we're going to see that and and have faith because God proves himself to us all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we talk about how like, or some, I, I don't, so <laughs> some people talk about how like there can't really be any evidence for God and there's not, you know, there's nothing like hard and tangible and maybe there's nothing tangible that you can hold, but like there's evidence all over the place. Um, and so that's, that's what I kind of related that man too which i thought was really really cool but the boy had to still kind of go on his journey and make the choice to believe after seeing those things because it wasn't enough for him yeah i think that the ghost is probably the hardest one for me to understand what he's meant to symbolize all the way okay because i feel like he has moments obviously he's does things that are miraculous he saves the boy's life a couple of times Mm -hmm. and so he's clearly there in a miraculous context but he's constantly being like 
this isn't real. Like, he's constantly pushing the doubt, doubts. Like, he's never very, like, encouraging of belief. Right. And so it's really interesting. Every time I watch it, I'm like, what are you supposed to represent? I don't understand. And I d- still honestly don't know. I think there's probably just different facets to this that character where he is able to play a role in the greater plan in a positive way, even if he's not believing. But you can also see, like, maybe he he's on this train for eternity because he keeps choosing not to believe. Like, he keeps choosing not to accept mm. the truth of what he's seeing and not seeing that's, like, there. And so he the, he's a ghost on this train that constantly is going to the North Pole and he's never believing in it. I can see that. And I think, like, he's just, it's just very interesting. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, he's just, he's stuck in the same cycle over and over. And he always has the chance to get out of it. And he chooses not to. Hmm. Whereas others choose. But then there's probably a part of him that, like, wants to choose to believe. And that's the part of him that's saving this boy's life and doing some level of encouragement for this boy and making things a little clearer for him. But it also could just be like the devil's advocate kind of character where he's just kind of showing the boy both sides of the argument and letting him figure it out on his own, like allowing the agency to be there, that opposition and all things like it could just be that role. See, that's kind of how I because the whole movie, the, the thing that's hard for me in this movie is kind of the harshness of a lot of the characters, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it, it it takes away from the spirit a lot for me. Like, it's funny, you mm-hmm. know, but but in terms of, like, the spirit of the yeah. movie, I, like, I, I, I don't love it. Like, you're all supposed to be Christmas people. Why is, like, the conductor grouchy? He's so and grouchy. The elves and the elves, and, and they say things like, time grumpy. is money, and I'm like, oh, I don't love that, like, you know, yes. bringing up that kind of side of, I, yeah, yeah. It, it takes away from it for me. But regardless of that, the fact is that the conductor is grumpy and the elves are grumpy and kind of weird with gravelly voices. Mm-hmm. And like, even like you have the know-it-all kid on the train, you know, like, why is he here? Right? <laughs> like everything mm-hmm. is just, there's like a negative side to everything a little bit. Um, and as somebody with a very, very like sarcastic sense of humor and who loves to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. watching that the man on the roof of the train I very much read him as like you know when he says like and seeing is believing right like that was that was just Mm -hmm. a sarcastic line to me like he's making Mm -hmm. fun of the kid right there obviously I don't think that that has to be the only way to Mm -hmm. read him or necessarily I'm right but for me like that was very much what I saw in it like you know he's he's telling the kid that like he's kind of an idiot but not like that (laughs) not telling him that he's an idiot because and that just kind of fits the whole rest of the vibe of the movie to me (laughs) yeah yeah i could see that and i think in some ways he's a foil for the conductor a little bit um at certain points especially i mean you brought up the believing is seeing kind of line and, and the later conductor the conductor later. says just the opposite he says sometimes seeing is believing and sometimes the most important things in the world are the things we can't see right and i think that showcases like yeah that devil's advocate of yes sometimes we do need to see things to believe them but often the things that matter most and are the most real are actually the things we can't see like god and like his plan we can't physically see that we can't clearly know for sure 
in this life that's the whole point of faith is to be walking towards that just trusting that it will work out i do like that idea of a foil and i do actually really like the idea of him being a kid who's just kind of like grown up stuck because he can't make the choice to believe even down to like that makes me think of the coffee like they're they have just like had their big cool hot chocolate scene right and then he's up there drinking this like nasty coffee drink like even he's almost like a corrupted version of Mm. everything that they have on the outside instead of the inside and Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know so I do think that's a cool idea yeah I think it's kind of fun that there can be like a couple of different readings and interpretations of this weird character I feel like he's probably yeah the most interesting character just because of that because you're like why are you what are you doing what are you meant to represent for me I don't know what's the author's name I don't know what he was thinking. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know his name. That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> now we gotta look it up. What are what are we doing here on this podcast? <laughs> I don't know where Chris Van Alsberg. Chris Van Alsberg. Yeah, yes. I definitely didn't know that. I would not have. Chris yep, Van that would Alsberg. not have been it. So remember it at either. some point, I know the hobo's not in the book, so I don't know. Oh really? It's, it's a movie add-in. Yeah, the book huh. is a lot more simple. It's really just like saying the train came it's taking us up and we go to the north pole and do the first gift stuff and it like that's basically it it. all the other stuff is added for the movie right so okay yeah that makes it even more interesting yes they just like decided to put a man on top of the train yes (laughs) that was just a grouch i don't know but i guess it kind of also can connect back to what we were talking about at the beginning with him being at a certain place in his faith journey and being able to help people get to there it's almost like we mentioned that man he's kind of just stuck where he is on the faith journey but he still can help people get to where he's at yeah. You know, like he still is able. He is to, on the train. Yes, <laughs> he's still able to like help people progress that far. Yeah, and keep people alive on the train. Like, like he's that. been staying alive. On, well, ish on the train. You who, know. who knows? Who knows <laughs> what he is exactly? But there you are. <laughs> So we're going to skip most of the train's dramatic journey. There's a lot of drama that it's happens fun. on this train. Watch it's it. fun and entertaining. <laughs> we're bumping past it. So going all the way to they get to the North Pole and one of the the back train car falls off the train while they're on it. They're trying to get Billy to come out and join them in the line. The boy and the girl are. You have to wonder if this happens every Christmas Eve. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Does the train car always break off? Fix your train. (laughs) So this train, the caboose falls off, rolls down the hill and ends up in this. I don't even know what it's supposed to be. I I, I was watching it this time and I was like, why did they make this? (laughs) What is this supposed to be? It's like this weird wheel of trainness oh yeah thing it's kind of random like, what part are you talking about like, yeah what? where they're just like spinning yeah. for no reason yeah i'm like why is there a train track it really is here? a weird movie it is a really <laughs> weird movie so anyway but i guess you can like see it as you know the world gets in the way of our faith journeys yeah and so all of these weird things happen or so, it seems like it's supposed to, but it's actually guiding you to the exact right spot. Yes. Even though it feels completely random and like you're just going in circles. That's a good point. Love it. There you Look go. At us. Thank you, <laughs> Heavenly Father, and your spiritual inspiration. Help us understand. So anyway, so they're there. And we see Billy and the girl both end up hearing the sleigh bells. And they're like, oh, I can hear it. Let's go follow that. And the boy can't hear anything. 
And so he's getting very frustrated about it, obviously. But it's really wonderful because I love that the symbolism of being able to hear the sleigh bells. Like you're able to hear the music of the spirit of Christmas so long as your faith's in the right place. So long as you choose to believe, basically. And I think it's interesting, too, that Billy can hear it because he has shown a lot of doubt throughout the film as well. Mm -hmm. But yet he's in a place, and I think that goes to show that you just don't know who's going to be able to hear the music, who's going to be able to have that faith. It could be anyone. It could be the person you least expect who seems to be constantly voicing these doubts. And I also think that's very good... For the boy to see, to see, going back to that, belief and doubt are able to live together. We They're not the only two alternatives. And I think Billy is showcasing that, that it's okay to have these doubts and also believe. Like, there is a place for that. Yeah, I really love, I, I hadn't, like, written anything about it in my notes, but since you brought up Billy, um, one thing that stood out to me is that he kind of starts... Like I mentioned that repeated conversation, right? He starts in the exact same place Mm -hmm. as the boy, right? Literally a perfect reenactment of what Mm -hmm. happened. And then he almost seems like, if we're putting the words doubt and faith on it, he almost seems like more of a doubter. He like goes to this separate little train car, you know, and he's by himself and he won't talk to anybody, right? (laughs) Whereas the boy is at least trying to figure out what's going on and, um, and giving everybody a chance. But I really love... In this moment, and I feel like it makes it really clear that they're different because we're mm-hmm. all a faith journey is a faith journey. Like there are similar checkpoints and stops and and things that get in the way and that help us. Right. Like we can all read the scriptures and increase our faith. Um, and we're all going to we're all going to come to similar places, but we all also are different from each other. And so, you know, Billy makes the comments like. Christmas just doesn't work out for me. And I think that the boy can't relate to that comment. And then the fact that Billy gets to hear the bells, right? I like that they start out, it starts out showing that they're on this very, very similar journey, but then they get, they're different from each other at Mm -hmm. the same time and, and continue along at their own paces and in their own ways with their own experiences. I don't, that just stood out to me a little bit that I thought was cool. Yeah, I really like that. And but yeah, then, I, yeah, I also liked the fact that you mentioned choosing to believe spe- believe specifically, um, because that's what I found in writing my notes. I was like, this movie is about choosing to believe. Like the word choose is in every mm-hmm. single note that yeah. I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love that he, this girl is kind of guiding him. And once again, he's choosing to act in faith and he has his doubts. You know, he asks, are you sure what's going on? I can't hear anything. Um, But he chooses to act in faith and follow her since she like seems to know what she's doing. Right. And she finally, she's moving along on her journey. Right. And turns around and says, absolutely. Like I know what's going on. (laughs) And she develops that confidence. And so he's not, getting there until and I won't jump to it too far until Mm -hmm. he chooses for himself to believe right but so the the line that really really struck me while I was watching this movie was when he says why can't I hear anything man that just like it hit me so hard when like they're just running and so excited and going and they're you know they can they can hear it and they know what's going on and they're so excited to go and to learn more and to see right and he's back here why can't I hear anything and I was like 
oh man, like, don't I get that, you know? Like, why can't I hear anything? <laughs> yeah, and that just, I don't know. I don't even know what else to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> let me try Let me try relatable. to form, <laughs> like, an actual thought. Um, yeah, it, yeah, yes, it is very relatable. Like, you want to believe and you're here and you're acting in faith and you're around positive influences and you're making good choices and you're you're where you're supposed to be and you're doing all of this stuff and you still can't hear anything. (laughs) And, um, and I think it's beautiful that that was included as part of that faith journey, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but he continues on that journey rather than giving up and eventually he is able to get there, but he has to go through that place first of not being able to hear anything to finally get there. Mm -hmm. I just loved it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and I think part of his journey, too, at this moment is gaining the humility to trust in their faith. Mm. Because in the past, he's been kind of like, okay, whatever. And he even questions her all the time. He's like, are you sure? Right. Are you sure? And eventually, he seems to get to the point. Well, it helps when she becomes more confident in herself, too. Yes. And, and fa- having faith in her own faith. That he's then able to be like, okay, I'm just going to trust you guys then. Because clearly, I'm not in the right place to mm-hmm. hear and so I'm gonna trust that you guys can because I've gained that respect for you and I think it's okay for periods of time to have to rely on other people's faith and yeah. other people's ab- ability to hear the spirit especially when you're just at your low points and you're like I can't feel the spirit I can't hear God's voice or see him in my life very well trusting that other people can is a huge important step to helping you to get out of that position I think yeah and I love that's a lesson as well from her perspective to be the kind of person who somebody can respect enough to trust during that difficult time because we turn to people who we love and respect and know that we can trust them to lead us to the right place Mm -hmm. and um and so I think it's important when we're doing well to be that person and to make those connections and to reach out to people and to be kind so that people can turn to us in their moments of crisis. So flashing forward again, they go on another big adventure and (laughs) end up back at the main place they're supposed to be at. The conductor is so happy to see them. Miraculously. (laughs) Amazingly, time has not passed at all. They've got nothing but time. They've got time to kill. <laughs> say, my family quotes that line all the time. That's oh, like really? The one line from That's this so where we'll be like, "We've got nothing but time. We've got time to kill." <laughs> I didn't even remember the fact that time like stands still. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. That was all new to me. I thought it was so funny that they like called themselves out on it when he's like, "It's been five two for an hour." I was like, "What the heck? Why?" <laughs> So Is that how Santa does it? He can pause time. He just pauses time. He, he's got all the time in the world. He's got time to kill. He's got time to kill. <laughs> that is so oh, funny gosh. that your family... Quote, I never would have understood that quote if I just heard someone in your family say it. That's so funny. Anyway, so they're there and like Santa's going to come out. They're all singing. Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, which is and so fun. I know. It is so fun. They're all cheering. And, I love yeah, how excited the so elves exciting. are. And I love because you can see in his eyes he's so excited. But there's still this sense of like a transactional like I've made it here. I'm mm-hmm. going to see this and then I'll know. And then I'll like, know. After I see this is he's when I'll know. He's sign seeking right mm-hmm. now. Exactly. He's very much sign seeking. He is sign seeking. And so <laughs> then he comes out and he can't see him. He can't see him through all the Dang. elves. Everybody else can see him. They're like, look, he's right there. He's right there. And he can't see him. 
And finally, he does notice that the bells that are attached to the reindeer, one of them falls off. He hasn't been able to hear it this whole time. Yeah, so he can see that the bells are ringing, but he can't. So this is his first, like, proof that he should be able to hear something. Yes. But he can't. But he can't. And so one of the bells flies off and lands in front of him, and he picks it up. And he can't hear anything as he's shaking it next to his ear. And so I love that he says, okay. And that's where he starts. It's that's like how Tori this... and I always start yeah. our frustrated prayers to Heavenly okay. Father. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's also the sign of humility coming in. Yes. Like he's like, okay, fine. Like he's remembering probably those believing is seeing quotes. And mm-hmm. he's like, okay, okay, I believe. I believe, I believe he's choosing, like actively choosing in that moment to believe, even though he hasn't seen Santa, even though he hasn't heard the bell ring, he's just like, okay, I'm, I'm going to choose to believe. And that's when he can hear the bell. And that's also when he ends up seeing Santa. Mm -hmm. And I just, that's so beautiful. Just showing how faith opens the door for us to see and hear God in our lives and in our hearts and it really is that simple just saying i choose to believe and then you can see things um again in that book i do want to read this it's one of my favorite quotes from it it's actually a chapter called choosing to believe imagine that it's amazing (laughs) and it's really beautifully done he kind of discusses how some people say you know i don't believe because i can't understand it things like that and he says but believing precedes understanding understanding does not precede believing in mosiah 26 3 it says because of their unbelief they could not understand the word of god and so you can't understand something you don't believe in it just especially when it comes to god yeah. like you can't see if you can't see it and you choose because of that reason to not believe it then you're never gonna understand it Um, And honestly, you could say that about anything, but I think obviously, like I said, specifically with religious stuff, but even like if you're not going to believe in science, any science, then you're not going to understand it because in your head, to believe in atoms, the atoms make up everything. You're never going to understand how they work and what they do. (laughs) Exactly. And so understanding God comes from us first opening the door to him and that means we need to choose to believe he's there in the first place yeah yeah i i do have a couple i have a comment to make on the movie but i do kind of want to just throw out there i think we both also understand that like choosing to believe is easier said than done (laughs) like i just i just want to throw that Mm -hmm. out there for a second here like like if that's the point that you're at where you are struggling with that and we're like just choose to believe and you're like I can't just like, <laughs> I can't just believe, you know, like I get that, that that's easier said than done. And unfortunately I don't have like a formula to, Mm-mm. to make that work. But, um, I, I don't know if you have anything to say to that, to speak to that. But I, I mean, I just believe very strongly that with prayer and with acting and faith and with striving to striving to come to believe it, it will come eventually. Mm-hmm. I was just going to mention, I mean, you read earlier Alma 32 of even if you just have a desire to believe, that can work too. So if you're in a position where you're like, I can't just believe, but like you're clearly wanting to, that's where you need to start. And I think that 
the boy also starts there like he starts off being like i want to believe but i have these doubts and it's really hard and reconciling that idea of belief and doubt not being the only alternatives is also an important place to start too yes which i do have a scripture for but i'll say one more thing the principles of acquiring spiritual knowledge acting in faith seeking understanding through divinely appointed sources like we've talked about right the right sources and keeping an eternal perspective and those those things will um will help make the difference between not believing but wanting to and finally having that faith and being able to increase it but anyway yeah so a scripture that stood out to me while before and even more now that we've been talking about it is the story with the man who says to christ lord i believe help thou mine unbelief mm-hmm. and i hadn't thought until you started talking about it about that in-between space right where the boy is kind of seeing things very black and white faith and doubt but I mean, this man is such a beautiful example in the scriptures of, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. It doesn't make sense, but he's in that in-between space where like, I have these doubts and I have these questions, but I believe that you can do miracles and I believe that you can help me. And that faith is going to then, the fact that he acts on that faith and has that faith, it's going to help him increase it over time. Um, and Christ responds to that, which is that is going to help him increase it. You know, Christ is there to help us with that. So to Santa, (laughs) um, my favorite thing about him seeing Santa, he makes the choice, he opens his eyes, and Santa is right there. No, like, in-between time. (laughs) He makes the choice to believe. And Santa was just, it's like he was just right there waiting for him the whole time. It's like he was just waiting for him. There's all these kids here and there's all these people But the second that the boy makes the choice to see him, he's there. And I just, I just thought that was absolutely beautiful and absolutely how God works in our lives. Mm -hmm. He's definitely worked like that in my life where the second I say, okay, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. all right, (laughs) I'm not doing what I'm supposed to and I'm going to. And God is right there. I love that. Thank you. That's beautiful. So yes, Santa shows up and I did want to take a moment to discuss obviously the first gift of Christmas because we all know what the real first gift is. (laughs) But let's kind of discuss this a little bit. So I love, first of all, that they call it the first gift of Christmas because that's obviously very symbolic of Christ being the true first gift of Christmas. Mm -hmm. He's the reason why we celebrate it at all. And he is the greatest gift that could ever be given, being our savior. And so that is such a touching thing and I love in this movie that the first gift that the boy ends up choosing when he is offered to choose one is the bell which is a reminder of everything he's learned like that's Mm. what he sought out was a reminder and something he could keep with him to help him always remember the faith that he has and the person who's there watching out for him And I love that we have so many things in our own lives that we can use as reminders. And how often do we seek those things out? Like how often when we are struggling, do we seek out reminders? Because that's so important for us to continue down our faith journey because it is so easy to backtrack. Like it's one of those things where like the ghost, if we're thinking of him as like this in this 
stuck in this cycle, it's easy for us to also fall into the cycle of like, we go back and forth between who we used to be and who we are now and we're not moving forward. And we actually even see like a brief moment of this kind of vacillating with Billy where right after the boy gets the first gift of Christmas and the Santa's about to leave and they're all waving goodbye to him, Billy ends up turning to the boy and says, do you think it could have all been just a dream? And so, like, Billy, who's been pretty strong with, like, he can hear the bells, he's continuing forward, is having a little bit of a moment of, like, wait, are we sure about this? And the boy immediately is like, no, no, it's not a dream. Like, he's grasped onto that belief so strongly, but we do see that little bit of wavering in Billy, which I really appreciate because it is so easy to waver. Like I was even thinking as we were also discussing a little bit earlier about that help thou my unbelief, I believe help thou my unbelief. I think sometimes we have strong belief in one area and not in another. Like I know for me, probably my biggest struggle is like, I always have belief that God's there and Christ is there. Like that's never really been a doubt for me. I have been blessed with a gift of a testimony of that, but maybe I have a lot of difficulty believing in God's ability to help me in certain areas of my life. Like, there are certain areas of my life where even now I just really struggle to actually believe that God will help me through it. I want to believe and I have this smidgen of like, but I know he's helped me in other areas of my life, so why would he leave this part of my life to be not taken care of, especially when it is such an important one? But I have a lot of a struggle, like, really seeing it because I haven't really felt like I've seen it much before. And so that reminder to hang on to what we do know and also seek out the reminders of what we've experienced in the past is a really impactful thing to me that I really loved that was, especially on this watch through of this movie. Just to kind of wrap up this movie, we actually do see that the boy does have a moment of vacillation because he loses the bell. He loses that reminder and he's like, oh no, we got it. They're like getting ready to go get it, but then the train starts moving off and they're done. And so he's lost it. And so he wakes up the next morning and it's almost like nothing really happened. And he's like, what in the heck? And like, as he pulls on his robe, which he did at the beginning of the movie, it tears again, puts the hole in it and the marbles fell off just like it did earlier. So he's like, oh, maybe it was a dream. And it just like happened again because it was like the same marbles and everything. He's like, oh. And so there's a little bit of question you can tell and he's a little bit disappointed by Christmas morning and is like, oh, maybe it was just a dream and it was silly. And then they find this little Christmas present under the Christmas tree and it is the bell and it has a little note from Mr. C (laughs) telling him that he had left it in a sleigh and this boy, he can still hear the sleigh bell when he rings it, his sister can hear. And he mentions that over time, everybody stopped being able to hear the bell his sister did a lot of other people did but he never stopped believing and it was because it was a reminder to him and he had continued to make that choice to continue to believe he continued to remember the experience he had and hang on to that even when it probably got hard to continue to hang on to such a belief and we can do the same thing we can choose to hang on for longer than just a moment and continue to hear the bell and maybe it will go silent for us sometimes because we're in a point of our life where our belief is maybe wavering for a second but we can always bring the sounds back we can always bring those jingles back the jingles cute (laughs) 
how we should refer to faith now. The yes, jingles. the jingles. <laughs> Everybody starts saying that. <laughs> believe. Choose to believe. Mm. And don't think that doubt and faith are mutually exclusive because they're not necessarily. Um, so You can have both for sure. Okay, so that is the Polar Express. What a great discussion. Thank you all for listening. Before we go, of course, though, like I mentioned earlier, we have this fun little gift exchange thing we're doing. So we each chose a book for the other person that we want the other person to read. And in a few weeks, probably in January, we'll come back and just have an episode where we're discussing how we felt about the books and any gospel principles we took out of them, of course. And it will just be kind of a special kind of fun casual episode and I think it will be a lot of fun so let's do this discuss we'll each share why we chose that book and then reveal the book I think we'll just take turns doing that start yes. with why we chose it yes and then reveal the, then book. Reveal the book okay so I'll go first to oh, give okay. you time to process unless you're like I'm yeah. prepared whatever you want to okay. do, go for it sounds good <laughs> we'll do this so I chose this book because we both love Victorian literature and it has, it's not Victorian literature, but it has probably the closest to Victorian literature vibes I've ever seen in a modern book. And so that was a main driving force. It's also one of my favorite books of all time. That's not a classic. I really love it. It it is. It is. And I already already have heard of it. (laughs) Um, But I really liked it. I also read it several years ago, though. So I've been kind of like, maybe I need to reread it because I don't really remember it. But I do remember the Victorian era vibes. And she has two other books, this author does, that are also very Victorian vibe-ish. So I feel like you would like all of them, honestly. But this is my favorite, so I had to go with this one. So the book I chose for you is, drumroll please. (laughs) Thank you for actually doing a drumroll. It is The 13th Tale by Diane Satterfield. So this story follows a young woman who works at her dad's bookstore that's kind of like a more collector's kind of bookshop. And she's a little bit of a writer and this famous author who's like kind of like known to be the Dickens of her time. Like she's very prolific and like people love her works and stuff she ends up asking her she's always made up her life story like she is notorious for like doing interviews and not telling the truth about her real life (laughs) and so she asks this girl who she doesn't know that this person's like why are you choosing me to write her biography the truth about the actual truth about her life and so this book is kind of a mix of we're learning a little bit about the main character who's writing the biography and then we're also learning the truth behind this woman but it very much has like Jane Eyre Wuthering Heights very Bronte vibes excellent very gothic Victorian literature vibes oh my goodness okay (laughs) and it's fabulous okay so so excited yes and I'm not the only Victorian literature lover who likes this book so that's why I feel a little more I hope you enjoy it there's like a small part of me that's like maybe she won't because it's been so long since I read it I'm like what if there's things in it that maybe she won't like I don't know but I feel relatively confident so that is my choice for you tale sweet i can't wait to read one through 12 yes (laughs) right (laughs) 
You're so Thanks funny. For just agreeing well, with that. well, what a dad joke. Thank you for that. That was great. Okay. All right. So my book. I chose, I also read it several years ago, but um, I basically discovered it by, Tori knows this about me, I don't think I've shared it on the podcast yet, for a long time, I've always loved reading, um, but for a long time I like hated everything I read, (laughs) and hated might be a little strong, like I liked books, but I was always like, I love reading, but like I never walk away from a book being like, oh my gosh, I love this book, you know, and I was like, I think I think I started to realize that other book lovers did do that, and I was like, "Wait a second, why don't I feel like as me? excited as they all do?" Like, I love reading, and I keep reading books. But um, and then I heard a quote somewhere. Well, I probably heard this quote after I discovered my genre. But I heard a quote saying like, "Everybody is a reader, just not everybody has discovered their genre yet." Mm-hmm. That's not the exact quote. Um, <laughs> uh, but and for me that was discovering Victorian literature when mm. I was a senior in high school. <laughs> I was finally like, oh my gosh, this is books, right? But before that happened, I remember a period like earlier in high school being so frustrated, like, why don't I like any books? And I had this memory of like one time just grabbing a random book off of a bookshelf in a store and getting it and loving it so much. Mm. And so I was at a bookstore with my friend and I was like, I'm just gonna do that. I'm just going to find a book with a super cool cover and a weird name and like test my luck, like test if I'm able to just like pick a random book and like think it's super cool, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it worked. (laughs) I didn't love it as much as the first one that I had done that with, um, but almost. So, and why I thought of you, it follows three different perspectives. It's one of those books where like you never like fully maybe know what's going on. Okay. Or may- I also think that I'm pretty dense, so maybe you'll read it and be like, no, I, I knew what was going on. There's at least one perspective, though, where they, like, always try to keep you hanging. And I think they try to keep it, I think the point is to kind of keep it a question the whole time. Like, is this real? Is it not? What's going on? You know, and it's never, like, fully settled, if I'm remembering right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's also very, it deals with, like, time travel type stuff. And it goes to the 1800s, um, Victorian authors become characters oh, in the novel. So lovely. like this is where I learned about Henry James because he's a character in the novel. H.G. Okay. Um, Wells is a main character in the novel. Um, so that like one of the perspectives kind of starts to deal with them um, and the, this like group of authors kind of become players and what's going on. And so there's kind of this like, literary feel and turn to it even though it's not really trying to write like a victorian novel Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) um but yeah so i think that was most of the inspiration where i was like it's kind of fun that it like deals with authors and then it's kind of like just weird and keeps you on your toes you know and that's it's just a good time you know so the book is oh it's chunkier than yours (laughs) Ooh, the map of time oh have I you, have never heard of this book in You've never heard life. of it? I chose one that you haven't heard. Way to go. I'm so I'm proud. Guys, this was my biggest fear in choosing a book for Tori because she knows every single book. And so I'm so happy that you haven't even heard of it. Now I don't even care if you like it or not. I love it. You got your one win at least. I got my one win. I do hope you like it. And I think that... I think... 
I feel confident you won't like hate it. You know, okay. I, th- I think it's an enjoyable book. So. Okay. So yeah, sounds good. It is, it, is, it is a chunk. It is a chunk. It is a chunk. But hey, I can take it on. You got. We we can push it back too. We can we can chat in February. Yeah. There's there's yes. no time limit it's true. to this game. It's true. We will come back to you once we've completed the books. <laughs> it will be a surprise special episode. Like point. everything else. Yes. Right? It's true. It's true. Okay. All right. That's that. So. If you are new to watching us, definitely subscribe so you know how we end up feeling about these books. We also always have fabulous episodes coming out every other week, so you should just be subscribed just for that. Um, Also, leave a like and a five-star review, depending on where you're interacting with us, as we would greatly appreciate that. Follow us on Instagram. If you haven't already, we did do a little video separately about our little exchange on Instagram. So you get stuff like that. You get fun little just introductions to what we're doing for our episodes each week we do like hints and then we'll announce the actual what we talk about it yes spiritual (laughs) thoughts things like that it's great also if you're interested in what i am reading check me out on the channel good strong words on youtube i probably won't go too deep into this at least not until our podcast episode because i know you know i want to keep it mysterious for those who watch both but i do talk about everything else i read so definitely check me out on there And I think that will do it. So thank you again for watching. Keep remembering to see God in all things. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.